Pro School Real Estate Hour. Look at us go, man. <laughs> Take 257. Yeah, we were, uh, I, I, I'd like to start out by welcoming everyone to the Crush School Real Estate Hour. And we are uh, not engineers. You actually are. I am not. That's what's ironic about that. Yeah, is you are an engineer, sure. but uh, we're, uh, we've been struggling with COVID to get um, the sound quality as good as we can. We're unable to go to our typical normal spot that we do the Crush Core Real Estate Hour. So, I uh, appreciate you guys bearing with us. I think it's this one thing, right? The, the one, the one, <laughs> this little two inch piece. It was four dollars. It was four dollars. Four dollars. We've got fifty thousand dollars worth of equipment here. What looks like it in a four dollar thing got us. Okay. Right. Yeah. So here we are, Crush Core Real Estate Hour. Welcome. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email me at dean at crestcore.com. If you have anything for Dan, you can email him at dan at crestcore.com. Um, we have been doing the show now here in our office. This is our conference room here. Um, we have gone through several topics already that I think we're going to have to redo because of the quality of the audio. So uh, today what we're going to talk about is top questions investors ask property managers. I get... Um, I get a lot of your questions. This is kind of your area. So I, I get a ton of these questions on uh, Yeah, it <laughs> is. It, it's a big it's a big handoff. <laughs> you did it last night. I did it last hey, night. Yeah, I know you guys have hit it off. Well, because yeah, you love that. <laughs> it's Douglas's email. I stole that from Douglas. But so The reason why is because there's so many moving parts in property management I try to stay out of I, I do this with bankers too. I try not to quote interest rates and banker programs because those things change so often. So I don't, uh, I try to stay clear of that. Same, similar scenario with property management, but today we're gonna talk about what investors ask. This is all part of building your team, right, Dan? I mean, to get a property manager, we're gonna talk about specifically Crestcore today. Uh, other people manage with several different companies. That's not really our goal um, today is to, to pump ourselves, but the main goal is what to ask? Yeah, what, what, what to, to ask? For, what to, what's, your, what's the key things? I mean, yeah. As you said, if you look at all the businesses that we are touch touch on, this one has the most moving parts. Yeah. And so that's why it's so critical. People don't really realize like it's hundreds and thousands of transactions between just stuff, houses moving from status to status to yep. utility bills to HOA fees. I mean, you get in trouble real quick by not paying your HOA fee. You know, just. So there's all this stuff you gotta watch. Moving parts yep. uh, that are part of this. So let's get into it today. Let's talk about um, what's the first, I'm gonna be asking a whole lot of the questions to you today because this is kind of your area, but what is the first question that a client asks you when they get on the phone with you and you say, hey, I'm Dan, let's talk about property management. So it's funny and I'll relate this to, um, I was just talking about engineering yesterday with Clemson, like you'd get a question and if you just, slightly messed up that question or the, your answer, you go on a dovetail for an hour could create a solution that was totally way off base. Yeah. Kind of like the shuttle, just went all the way, you know, yeah. two degrees off and all of a sudden you're not at the moon, you're at yeah. Pluto or something. Somewhere else. But, um, it's kind of the same thing with, with, uh, with people calling in, you know, and they, do they start with like the value add and, and what they're trying to do or do they start with the price? And so, Can you tell what kind of client they're going to be by the first question oh, they ask? For yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. So that's why I labeled it first, price, price, price. Like what's your price? What's your management fee? What's your leasing fee? What's your renewal fee? What's your markup? 
you know, do you? Um, and and then maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but that probably doesn't come from a, all the time, like a, a not malicious, but from a trying to beat you up place. They're they're actually sitting there doing their spreadsheet and they're calculating taxes and insurance, and so they're trying to, they're trying to figure that out. But I would imagine you still get that client that is solely based on the numbers. It comes from two different ones. It's 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 that newbie, new person just starting out, and they're really trying to get their performa. Yep. They're, they're concerned, they're, the numbers down to understand my management fee is going to be this much, and this is what I need a budget for, my maintenance and tax insurance. And then you got the one that, that, that they've invested a few houses, and all they care about is the transaction and the price. Yep. And they don't care about the relationship and the long term. And all or even stuff. what they're getting for the price. That's right. You know, it's just the it's price. Just the price. Yep. And so that's a whole different conversation. I mean, I think, you know, I would just say, you know, Again, management fee, if you look at management fee across, say, Memphis, yep. or even West Tennessee, it's not much different. Yep. Everybody's between 8 and 10%. The only one I know above 10% is about my buddy in South Carolina, Hunter, we've had on the show a couple times, yep. who gets 12%. Crazy. You know, if I did that, we'd probably lose all of our clients, you know, like, uh, <laughs> just because nobody else in town is, is in that number. Man, he um, gets 12? 12%. What's the rent range over there for that? 1,000 plus. I mean, it's actually it's good, money. good money because thousand plus versus our rentals average is probably seven hundred. So you see the difference in revenue. Mm -hmm. um, but so you got that leasing fees kind of the same thing. You're gonna see fifty percent to a full month's rent for a leasing fee. Okay. And somewhere in between. And so we kinda of landed in kind of in the middle or give people options of fifty percent or seventy five and um, one comes with a guarantee and one doesn't. So okay. trying to give our investors, you know, options. When you mean guarantee, what are you guaranteeing? Just if the tenant was to move out before the lease is up, we would put it in. Cover the rent. Well, no, no. Cover the rent. Don't take that off. Ah, delete that. Uh, no, just cover the leasing fee again. Like if we had to put another tenant in, we would not charge Charge again. Again. So just kind of holding ourselves accountable. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of, a lot of out-of-state investors like that from just uh, can plan for it, can think about it better, okay. knowing they're not going to spend, you know, say the $1,000 rent, they're going to pay 500 or 750 They'd rather pay the $750 knowing that if something happens, they're not going to pay it again. It's almost $250 for insurance. That's right. That's yeah. exactly what it is. So. What, else, what else factors into that price point when they ask? You know, just you get what you pay for. Yeah. You know, I think you got to ask, you know, a headcount, like your number of employees per properties or properties per employee. That's a big number to understand. Kind of, So that tells you the bandwidth, the kind of coverage. Um, also understanding what their technology they're using. Are they using um, property management software? Are they using web-based stuff? Are they, you know, do they have a portal you can log into and check all your stuff? Do they have you know, self-showing software? I mean, there's all kinds of software. I'm getting way more of those questions. Yeah. Of how, how is the information uh, communicated back to me? And, and different, you know, I know for some property managers, they don't have anything online. It's just, hey, I'm collecting the rent, and I'll make a deposit into your bank account, and I'll mail you the receipt. Um, our property, where system, just from my personal experience, is awesome. The, the information that we get from that is, uh, is incredible. And that's been a journey, because I mean, we had to really customize some of that for ourselves. Property management software, just for our listeners, I mean, and that is one of the questions we do get, but it's further down, because yeah. some people don't know. Um, but, you know, software is just really meant to you know, pay bills and collect rent. It's not really made to what I call workflow, manage the property through the processes. So we've figured out how to, to 
do that in custom field and stuff, but yeah. um, but most softwares you can't, don't even have that ability. So anyway, and then the other one thing I'll say about price is just how transparent and forthcoming are they with their prices? You know, this, you know, like will they tell you the hourly rate for maintenance? That's kind of one of one of your points here is maintenance markups. Yep. Is that something that is usually told or said, or is it something that management companies try to hide and? and not disclose. You know, early on we saw that was always a rub, and so we just decided to put it in the manager agreement and being transparent. And really just keeps us from having to think. You yeah. know, it's just a fee charge, you know, it's an admin fee, we take before and after pictures, we give copies of the work order to the, the owners before they even do it. So yeah. that's what I'm talking about the transparency piece. What do you tell the owners and how sure how transparent are you in that versus, you know, hey, we don't have a markup. Yeah. You know, it's like and I'm just going to tell you, I've been doing this a long time. It's hard to make. If you're just trying to do a management fee, unless you're doing hundred over South Carolina for twelve percent, it's hard to make money. Which you can't make money with just a management. Fee. What it's is the biggest? Yeah, I can't imagine. What is the of all the fees and things that that property management companies charge? What is the one thing that you get the pushback on the most? The maintenance. Yeah. Even over the even over the percentage of management fees. It's, it's neck and neck, yeah. It's so it's if there is two things that it's, it's the percentage and then it's of the rent and then it's yeah. the markup on on maintenance. Yeah, and then the third I'd say is renewal fees. People don't, people just think you just call a tenant and they renew a lease. Yeah. And it's so much more complicated than that. We yeah. What goes into that? Let me know. I'm I'm curious about. I'm gonna take me a few notes here. What does go into that renewal fee? Yeah. Just we're sending uh, the owner. We're looking at data, looking at how well they paid. Mm -hmm. We're looking at work orders and summarizing to the owner what work orders they paid for, yeah. how profitable that house has been itself yep. over the year. Yep. Done a market analysis for what the rents are now, mm -hmm. uh, so that we make sure we get 25, 50, 75, whatever that number is, get that going up. Yeah. And then, um, um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, the, oh, the renewal. And then we negotiate with the tenant. Yeah. And so we average about 3% is what we... Try to bump the rent up 3%? Yeah, we go from zero to five. Some people, some owners don't want to touch it. Some want to go for five plus. You know, we have some that it'll be eight or 10% because the, the area just got so hot. Um, and people will accept it because it's cheaper to stay in the mood. Everything that I've got, I have kept the same. I haven't, I haven't had, I guess because I've rented them right from the beginning, so I don't, I haven't had any real market increases. And when I get those emails, if they're willing to sign another 12 or 24 month lease, I don't, I don't increase it for now. I mean, I guess, you know, over time that can change, but I don't, I haven't had anything now where I've been like, hey, I've, I've rented this for less than what I should have um, move up. I do have houses that I'm selling for clients right now that are rented below. It's been there for which four years, price. which yeah. affects your sales price. So if you are listening and you're thinking about that, I, I don't ever say move the rent up just because you can. But if you're low, you know, for the market, and you're going to sell at any point, make sure that you get that up to market rent. It's the first thing that uh, buyers look at. Oh, for sure. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a lot, lot more work. Like I said, we, we own ourselves cattle. We train the, the employees not to lose a tenant, a resident, yeah. for a rent increase. You know, like yeah. they will come to you and say, look, we're about to lose this tenant if we don't do X or back off on what we're trying to get. So, yeah. um, anyway, I had good success. It's, it's been a journey, but it's been good success for that. So. 
Um, how do you guys communicate with owners? What, what is your what is your most popular method? What are you communicating, and, and um, how well does it work? So ninety plus percent of our owners are just working, you know, business owners, self-employed, entrepreneurs, uh, executives. Yep. So they they pretty much prefer email. It's kind of a preferred choice. So ninety plus percent is email. We have some, you know, and, and we're moving to figure this out more. We have some owners that just love a phone call. And so we try to make sure that we're available, you know, for that phone call. Yeah. Um, as you know, we've learned through culture index and our surveys that we do about personalities, there's some people that just love to talk. And so that's how they learn, that's how they digest their information. And Is that an age thing? I would definitely say the older, wiser people would rather phone call. That's, that's where trust is built. So, I yeah, agree with that. I, I would say that. I mailed out a listing agreement yesterday. Mailed? That's good. Not emailed. Mailed. Mailed. That's funny. He's in Arkansas and he didn't want to electronically Talk sign time. anything. Wanted, actually wanted to come here and meet with me to sign it. Because of COVID, we can't do that. And uh, I, he just said, can you mail it? So yeah, anyway, that, that, there is that group of people that still love that phone call. Um, yeah, I think, so I would say the, you know, do we answer the phone? Do you, uh, how long does it take to you respond? That's a big one. Yeah. You know, like, what is your average response time? You know, internally we have a- Yeah, I was gonna say, you chart that? Yeah, four hours or less is our goal. Yeah. And it doesn't have mean have to, that we don't have to, what am I trying to say? To get the right answer right then, it's just that we've acknowledged that we're working on it. Yeah. So, you handle like you know, counting leasing I mean how, how does all that work I, I imagine a tenant calls in or they is there a system I mean I'm sure there is but is there a system in place for that like what is what's that process to you know how to handle any kind of accounting or leasing collections maintenance all that all that kind of stuff yeah I think so that's the big question is like what all do you handle and it's like man, really our goal is to handle everything from soup to nuts for the property yeah renting it, to collecting rent, to checking care of the bills, to dispatching work orders, to validate the work orders, creating monthly statements, mailing the checks to the owner for, you know, ACH, not mailing, ACH to the owner. So I mean, it's pretty much everything. So that's why that software is, is probably so, you know, valuable tool, you know, for us, um, because it all takes care of that piece of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so people just want to know what is their involvement? And I tell people, you know, you're involved as you want, as much as you want to be, but I would say when we're talking about this specifically, I tell people you've got to manage the manager. And I'm telling you, from as the owner of Crestcore and as a client of Crestcore, you still need to watch your own store and still need to, you know, make sure that you know that things are flowing like you want them to, and that your returns are hitting what you need to return. I check my owner's portal every day. And most days it doesn't change. You know, most days it's the same. And, and yeah. but I, if a if a if a bill comes in, I you know I want to see what that is and what it was for. And and if there's uh, a tenant's paid rent, and I love the live tenant um, portal payment portal that yeah. we have. You can find out when they paid. Yeah. Um, it gives me you know reasons to email into your team and find out why somebody hasn't paid rent. And I try to. I try to be patient with that because I don't, you know, I, I'm probably, and I know you joke with me that, you know, I lead, I lead um, 
all clients with emails, questions into uh, to my uh, district portfolio manager. But I, I do I like it because I have those questions and I I base it off of that live tenant thing and the you know through I, through the owner's portal and every and correct, me, correct me if I'm wrong but every tenant that we or every owner that we manage for they have an owner's portal. Correct. They have their own portal. They can go see their own properties. No matter if they got one or one hundred. Right. It doesn't matter. They can log on and check all the stuff out. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's you know to, to your point. I check mine every day as well. Yeah. You know, I check cash flow, check the expenses, check for anything abnormal. Yeah. You know, because we make mistakes. I mean, people are people. Oh yeah. And there's thousands of transactions that happen. And that's so. why you should manage it. Check yeah, it. Just check it. I, I mean, think that's what you mean by manage the manager. Trust but verify. Ronald Reagan, I think, said that years ago. Yeah. Um, just trust but verify. I think you trust that we're going to do a good job, but you verify. It's no different than managing people. You know, we manage our staff. We yeah. we trust but verify. We have systems in place to make sure they're doing their job. And yeah. A weekly meetings to check in and hold them accountable and that kind of thing. But yeah. that's 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 where I would. You know. How do you know what a property will rent for? Like, in other words, do because I get this question from I, I go to either Rentometer or Rentometer, however you want to pronounce it. Right. I guess it's kind of like Lafayette or Lafayette, right. depends where you're from. But Rentometer.com, Zillow is okay with, with rent estimations. But I know where I go. I, I If I have a question, I always email our leasing agents. I mean, they're the ones that are on the, on the front line. But how do, how do, if a client asks you, how do you, Dan, how do you determine what the rent is of this house? What, you know, what's your response? So it's interesting because we have our own database. So mm -hmm. there's not really many streets in Memphis that we're not within right. blocks. Right. So we go look at our own software. Um, and what you mean by that is you can go look from a couple streets over or whatever, you're for sure going to have something rented there. You can get an idea of what's actually it's going to yeah. rent for. Yeah. And, and so I got some to follow up on this, but so Zillow is a great source. You know, yeah. You're out in California or wherever. And the reason why Zillow is a good source is what people don't understand. Our softwares have syndicated through Zillow, mm -hmm. so they spent all this time capturing our data. So it's true data. Like what we right. post for rent for seven hundred fifty dollars, Zillow's got record that we posted that for seven. Does that make sense? And oh so yeah, they capture they sales prices. So they see all those houses within you know a block or a street or whatever, yeah. and they know. So that's how they are good at that rent estimate or whatever rent estimate or whatever it's called. Zestimate. Zestimate. Yeah. That's right. And then. Uh, Rentometer is a great source. You know, I would suggest if you're going to be going, going to go all in, I'd, I'd probably pay up for the, the pro Premier, version. Yeah, it's like 100, 200 a year. Yeah, and I think that's worth it because you get the actual comps and how far they are. Because that's that's where I was going to go with it a minute ago. Midtown, uh, I'm trying to think, North Memphis. There's a few pockets that you know you get a call. I'm sure you've had that before, and, and they'll say, well, I show Rentometer showing. $2,000 average, and you're like, uh, that's because it's, you know, literally this street is 500 and then trees are here with another street and those are $2,000. So they're averaging those and coming up with a 1500 it, it the math doesn't work. It's not true. Yeah. That makes sense. That's one way to verify. Um, and I guess asking our leasing agents that can use that database is, yep. is always way. What, how do you know, you know, and, and we've done shows on this next question, but how do you know if the property's in a good area? Is that, you know, I typically handle that question, you know, and, and, can, and can work with clients on that. Do you get that a lot? Is this in a good area? Oh, that's huge. Yeah, they, they want to make sure they're not making a mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I've been, you know, and I think to your point, I think it's just some of that is going to be what they call tacit knowledge, just being in the business yep. and having experience with it. That's going to be a huge piece of this. Um, but there are tools out there that you can use to, like, I would look at the crime data. Look at the What's your best data. website for that? I think Trulia and some of those have links to, to get to there. I'm not really sure. Trulia does. Yeah. Trulia is probably the best. I, that's what I've heard from most people. So to go to Trulia. I don't, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, don't I don't either. I don't check. Yeah, I don't either. I don't look at that because Memphis is full of crime. You can go anywhere and find out where there's crime. There's also, you know, uh, pockets where there's not as much crime. I, I, I think if you're in a different market, it might, it must weigh more than it does here. But I don't, I've bought, several homes and I haven't looked at the crime in the area once. I just get a feel for the streets and I get a feel for that area of what's going on. Well, especially if you stick with one area or a couple areas. You pretty much have you it pretty now. much know it, you know, you don't need to check it every time. But I think as somebody coming from California, I would definitely do that because we know some people that, that sell quote unquote turnkey that's up there, you know, say off of Highway 51 or off the third going west, way west, almost to the river, both, both instances kind of almost to the river. And we, you know, we know intuitively and from experience that no, those, no. Aren't, those aren't good. So from out of state, you really need to check that kind of stuff. Because those houses spreadsheet well. They spreadsheet really well. And say so they look like they're doing it. And then, and then you, you get, well, I can't tell you clients have been taken over over the years and just the house has been destroyed, the house has been vandalized, all that stuff. It's just because they, they went into an area that been and they bought high anyway. That's right. Because it's turnkey. How do you guys handle addictions? That's one question I do get. So not very well right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, COVID has really changed the dynamic. I mean, we were. Ninety one hundred, wasn't it? Ninety one hundred, not not us. No, no, we don't have nine thousand evictions, yeah. but the, the, the city, city has got nine thousand backlog. Mm -hmm. So we have had one writ, which means one gain of possession of one house since June fifteenth. So in two weeks. And we have a backlog of, you know, call it 70 plus. Um, and Are they just taking that long? So, so I'm, I think we need to answer the question of handling evictions, but what we had recently since March is just a moratorium where you couldn't evict couldn't somebody. Yeah. Courts are closed. Federal said, we're not, we're not doing this. You just got to let them stay. So 98% yeah. of the people did well. Yeah. And paid on time, paid early. You saw, we yeah. talked about that. Our collections mm -hmm. higher than it's been in a long time. But yeah, that small percentage. But to answer the original question, rent's due on the first, late on the sixth. So that's when a late fee is imposed on a normal non-COVID situation. We're calling, we're texting, we're emailing. We report that on your portal, so you can see that we're actually, you know, engaged with that uh, resident. So you can see notes. Hey, on seven uh, six, since we're in July, talk to tenant at one two three Easy Street. They're going to pay on seven ten. Yeah. If I'm in California, and I hate to say California, because we also got New York and different areas, but just so many cover so clients many, are from yeah. California. Yeah, you're sitting back, you're about to have July 4th, you check your portal, oh wow, they're gonna pay on the 10th. Okay, they've contacted them, they've committed, I'm good, I'll just, I'll just make a note to check on the, the 11th or 12th. Which is a huge thing. I mean, the update on that is huge, because you know you're wanting to check that rent and find out where it's coming from. Yeah. So that's, that's big. And then we email around the 17th of each month of every tenant that has a balance of I think we kind of have a threshold of about 350. Yep. So if they have above 350, we're going to file the eviction. Um, and that doesn't mean we're going to evict. 
It just means we're trying to get to court before the, by the end of the month. Could you call that a little bit of a warning to the tenant too? Oh, for sure. And we have a very cheap uh, cost for eviction. So I say cheap, relatively speaking. So with that um, allows us, or allows the resident to catch up quicker. Yeah. You know, whereas I used to, and this is just to be fully transparent, I would let somebody go two or three months and just try to work with, I get a hundred bucks, 50 bucks, 200. By the time the third month comes, they are so far behind. They're not gonna catch up. They can't, they can't, it's just not, unless it's tax season. That's a whole other conversation. But, right. So by the 20th we're filing, by the end of the month, first of the next month, we're in the courts. And usually, say if we went by, filed on the July 20th, we're in the courts by the 1st of August, mm -hmm. and the judge is gonna give us possession with you know, monetary judgment for July and August, which is huge because the tenant may have paid us between the 20th and the first of next month. Yeah. The judge is gonna hold them accountable. Now, you, hey look, you came in this court, you still owe August. Yeah. So it kind of holds that more accountable than before. I think I might have your wife on to discuss this. She's, right. she's versed on evictions, right? Didn't she handle this for you a long time ago? No, she did. Uh, or she went to court, court appeals. Court appeals. Like I a, remember. Probably tax appeals. When I was okay, okay. Traveling California. I couldn't remember. Now. That's what it was. <laughs> All right, let's talk about maintenance for a second. What, you know, I, I, this is the biggest thing. Uh, biggest cost. Biggest cost. Yeah. And is the tenant responsible for any of this? How much, if so, how do we determine that? Like, talk about maintenance and how it's handled. So for us, you know, and, and every company's different, but, but it's similar. You take a call. Or a portal login. We try to, we're pushing more people to the portal, and yeah. so just so people understand, like residents have a portal, owners have a portal. So a resident can go and put a work order in on the portal, um, and it's immediate, you know. And as soon as they do that, an owner gets emailed a notification of that work order, yep, which I is pretty it. cool. Yep. Uh, so not trying to hide, but there's maintenance, and a lot of that's trying to bridge that gap of, uh, you know, there's a, there's a misconception. Say that there are some bad operators out there, but most people would say property management's in it to make money, you know, as far as like maintenance, and they're in the best interest to do maintenance. Well, I'm like, man, let's just put it out there and let the owner see that this isn't us creating work, no. this is an issue that residents called in. Does that make sense? It's their verbiage, it's their verbiage. Oh, I've read the so I've, I've gotten these before, and it's their, it's their verbiage, and it's which can be crazy. Can be crazy. So house is flooding. I had one last week that the the toilet. There's water everywhere. Everywhere. There's water. Please send someone. I'm thinking there's a, there's six inches of water. Maintenance goes out there. There's um, there's a puddle of water in the bathroom. Yeah, right around the toilet. Right around the toilet. Yeah, it's like the wax ring. Water's not everywhere. Right. No. So, just so we get the work order, we alert the owner, we dispatch it. We let the tenant know if they if it's the, something they did yeah. that they will be charged for it. Um, we take before and after pictures, so that allows us to. I mean, that's the, probably the biggest paradigm shift for us to make that happen. We used to do a few pictures here and there, and it's like no, like literally, sister companies won't pay each other without the invoice pictures. And pictures. I, so, I mean, so I think that's a good idea, don't you? Well, it's just saved us a ton over the years, just with you know, um, uh, people contesting something or saying they didn't do this or that. Yeah. So um, that's, that's been huge. Um, and then, like I said, we charge, if, if something happens, we do have to pay the owner or charge the owner for that labor, but 
issue. Sure. But then it immediately goes on the tenant ledger, and by law, we can hold them accountable for that charge. So yeah. that's something we do do as well, and it you know works well. And I think you know there's some things you know we've talked about in several episodes. Doing a really good rehab up front. Yeah. That's key. Doing preventive maintenance every year. I can't stress that enough. I know we have some owners that really believe in it, and some that just don't think it's worth. Hundred bucks a year or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think it's worth it to get in that house and kind of check on things. And what What do you up. go go through that real quick? What's preventative maintenance and what do you check on that? So we you know clean the condenser outside. We check the freon. We change the air filter. The blower motors on it. So basically there for the HVAC system. Make sure it heats well, it cools well. Uh, but while we're there, we check all the uh, you know outlets to make sure they're working and grounded, make sure the faucets are not dripping, make sure the P-traps underneath the sinks aren't creating wood, rot, yeah. and water yeah. going everywhere. So make sure there's no hoarding. Yeah. We've only had probably two instances of hoarding over the years mm -hmm. that's uh, uh, been a doozy, but uh, make sure that that doesn't, you know, we catch that on the front end, so. Yeah. Um, we got a question here, Brian Mallory. Uh, due to COVID, are you allowing any breaks on rent? Not on time. Are there any current laws based on COVID that would? Hang on, Brian. We're gonna get to you here. Well, it's not showing up. Oh, there it is. Uh, that would prevent you from beginning an eviction process. Yes, we just spoke about that a few minutes ago. The Shelby County here in Memphis had a um, you know no eviction law for how long? I think it was two months. At least two months. March. March, April, May, really three months, three and a half months, but. It's now back, yeah. there, we just you know mentioned there's 9,000 in the city of Memphis that yeah. they're trying to get to. We've got, would you say 65 or 70 of them? Probably so. That yeah. you're working on right now. So yeah, there is there are some laws in place right now due to COVID that are helping protect the tenant, which, you know, we've even said this, we're collecting more rent. I, I don't have anybody behind. Right. I, I got one guy behind on an MLGW bill. I don't have anybody behind on rent though. You know that, that's that's showing up. I mean, I don't have the large portfolio either, but there's, sure. I don't have anybody that's that's laid on rent. And and I think you mentioned, and was it our March that we had a record collections rate or a record new lease rate? April. April. Yeah, April May. But yeah, I mean, for Brian's question, I think we've allowed payment plans which we normally would not have allowed to the extent that we have. Yeah. So we've tried to do that. We eliminate late fees for three months. Yeah. Which is you know big deal for yeah. a lot of reasons, trying to help people. And then we're aligned with the city to um, uh, some nonprofits that are saying, hey, if we can get you the money, you know, will you not file that eviction? Yeah. And we've said, of course. Yeah, so, you know, for our listeners out there, the goal is to keep that person in that house. Absolutely. But you have to do it in a good, tough love, stewardship type of way, because at the end of the day, you got bills to pay. And so- um, The owners do. You got mortgages and you got things to pay. I mean, and I think in, in a lot of situations, or in some situations, you're gonna have that person that takes advantage of the circumstances. But the overwhelming majority are not. They, you know, they're gonna pay their rent, they're gonna be in on time. So yeah, thanks for the question, Brian, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, how often do you inspect the properties? You know, if I've got 10 properties here with you guys, how often are, are you as a manager inspecting that property? So it really depends on the individual. So it's, I would say zero, one or two times a year. Mm -hmm. We sign up, we do ourselves, you know, we spend, we do two a year and it's 
think it's like 115 bucks per inspection, mm -hmm. which gets you all the stuff we talked about. So we tried to figure out early on, like, how do you get in that house where the tenant and resident wants you to be there? Yeah, that's not an easy thing to match. I mean, you do. I mean, you're on the brokerage. How many times you got to reschedule, schedule, meet somebody? Half. Half of them are an issue because they Half don't want the, that you. No, they don't house. want the time. They don't want. They don't want there. the hassle. But you tell them they're there to, to you know, spruce up their AC system. Oh, they want you there tomorrow. Come on in. So it's to yeah. me that's worth a hundred dollars for to get in that house and get that system because the, you know, we were literally we were talking about this last week. The biggest cost we have per year on a you know on a per month basis is HVAC, especially with the government changing R22 to 410A, the Freon issues. Yeah. So when they did that, I mean, you have a system from 1998 that goes out. You have no choice but to, to replace it. To replace almost whole system except for the furnace and while you're there might as well do, might as well do the furnace too so then you're you know four thousand instead of three thousand or whatever so just you know you gotta keep that in mind and that's a, to me it's a one-time you know hit that's you know 10-year warranty so you know so be it but that's just that's, that's part of it and i'm the one you know and i've started this from the beginning and i think you you mentioned the last couple of shows that you've shifted gears into doing this but i'm you know um i just replace it I don't, you know, if it's something small and can be addressed, fine. But if there's, if there's, if it's going to continue to cause me trouble, then I definitely just replace it. I mean, I love your analogy of I'm a half roof guy. You put on half roofs before. I, I mentioned that yesterday to a client. He was saying he didn't have any money. I said, well, let's do half the roof. So, and he, I mean, but he's trying to sell it, so it's just like, an, you know, means to an end, but he's not keeping it. No. If I come to you and give you a property and I say, hey, Dan, I'd like for you to manage this property, how, do, how are you going to market it? How do you get it to tenants? What's the process to get? I, I mean, I get that question a lot when someone asks me to list the property, like, you know, how are you going to market it? And I get that. When, when, you, when I hand you one to manage, when a client hands you one to manage, how do you market it? How do you get it out there to tenants? So the biggest one is we, as soon as an owner approves a rent ready, mm -hmm. we put a sign up. Okay. We put on our website, say, coming soon and the agents are off to the races. Yeah. So literally, I just checked the report, I mean, I got this sitting right here, which you could show it, but I, it literally went to 8.0 yesterday, and today it's got application approved. Okay, great. And so, That's really good. just watching 8.0 means it's ready to market, pictures are taken, it looks good, everything's you know, kosher. Yeah. Um, but, so signs is huge, and then our software syndicates to all kinds of software, you know, like Zillow, Trulia, Hotpads, and, Yep. in 30 different sites um, and and then we have tenant turner which self shows mm -hmm. so that gets you probably three to four times more showings than you know normal and I think you get those reports right on Monday night yeah show you how many calls how many showings yeah we sent a survey to anybody that saw it yep. so we're getting data that's not just subjective we're trying to get it objective yeah meaning Dean Got that house over here on Graham that's yeah. you know shown called 30 times and shown once, probably got a price issue. Yeah. Because yeah, everybody's trying to push that price as high as they can, which I understand. But yeah. Um, we're also getting surveys, and you'll see, you know, hey, broken window or yeah. uh, dirty stuff that kind of helps Good self feedback. police, self police, and get you know get yeah. addressed and and all that stuff. But I mean, the other piece I would say for our listeners, because I think it's more of a Understanding because no matter where you are in the U.S., Zillow started charging, I think in February, to list properties to lease, which 
they haven't done for years. So for years they've built this whole pool of people that use their services and rent houses from Zillow. And then they hammer you. And then they hammer you. Oh, it's coming on the real estate end too. Is it? I would imagine. Yeah. So for us, we decided not to do it. And we've not seen a downtick, but those owners that are worried about it, we have a system in place. We've got a contract with Zillow. We know how to, to do So it. an individual owner can choose to do that? Yes, correct. Okay. We started out no, but we you know, we have enough owners that want it. So okay. they sent an itemized bill and showed that 123 Easy Street was on Zillow for 30 days at a dollar something a day. And we charged that owner for that fee. I mean, hmm. that was the simplest way. You could either not do it up, up your leasing fee, eat the cost, which can, you know, if you have 100 listings, that's a ton of money. Yes, it is. So, or figure out a way to, to do the owners that really want it and think, you know, there's certain areas that they might feel like it's really needed. Yeah. Especially an owner that might have taken like a value add opportunity and now they got 10 vacancies. They're, they're, they're needing that cash flow to start coming in, so they want to pump as much, you know, out there to get that as they can. Last question here, you know, I get this too. It's funny how I get very similar questions that you get, but what yeah. makes you different from other property managers? Why is Crest Pool Realty, the property management division, different from other local property managers here in town? So, and then the, the second part is why, and then why should they choose us? You know, I think, yeah, yeah, I get this question. This is usually like the, the closing question. Yeah, you've answered all my questions. Now sell me on it. Ton, ton of your stuff the same as everybody else. Now sell me. Yeah, sell me. And it's yeah. like, you know, I think for us, truthfully, the way I see it is we're our biggest client. Yeah. So we own properties. That's why we started this. Explain we. A business partner Ron Douglas. We own rental properties yeah. throughout the Memphis area. Yeah. And we're our biggest client of the, of the property management company. Yeah. So we have the most to gain or lose by the performance. Of the property management company. So yep. I'm here doing this podcast with you. Yeah. There's people out there that have obviously leased a house this morning. Yeah. Collecting a rent this morning. You know what I mean? Like processing yep. payments, uh, paying bills. Unfortunately, because you have to pay bills. Sure. Um, that's a shame. Yeah. But that that's a big one for me. I think uh, core values is huge. You know, yep. like we post them out there. You know what our core values are, and sometimes those don't align. Yeah. You know, and so and that's okay. That's why we post them out there. We're very uh, uh, vocal about what our core values are. We want people to understand what they are and yep. do those align. And part of that is integrity and, you know, I think transparency and communication. I mean, I, yeah. we've learned that through Dyersburg and Jackson, those acquisitions that yeah. we communicate way more than most people do. Yeah. And that can be to your detriment in the it sense can. of it bogs you down because people, you throw out information to an owner that's in California or New York, yeah. it's a boomerang effect. They're going to ask. So we were trying to figure out, like, literally I was on the call yesterday, like, how do we build trust? You know, that's the goal for third quarter. How do we build trust for the owners yeah. by giving them options when maintenance comes through, to, yeah. to we vetted this, to get second quotes, to have a standardized pricing, some of these things that we can do to gain that trust. And so I think that's part of it. And I think the last piece I'd say is we're constantly evolving and changing. So to, you have to. So tomorrow will look different than today. Yeah. And and I say that because change can be conceived as bad. I mean, I don't. We're not changing like you know, everything's flipped upside down every day. It's like no mm -hmm. incremental. Yeah. You know, we. I learned this in engineering. Of, you know, for manufacturing root cause corrective action. Something happens today. What was the root cause? 
recalls. Mm. Protective action. What was the true root cause? Don't put a band-aid on it or don't yeah. say we'll never do that again. Yeah. Kind of what actually caused what it? Actually caused it. Uh, one thing I've always said about us and the management side, you know, management, property management is not easy. Mm -hmm. I don't it's care. The hardest, it's the hardest thing we got. Yeah, it's <laughs> not easy. And um, under no circumstances are is Crestcore property management not going to make a mistake. Right. Under no circumstances is any property manager out there, no matter where you're at, not going to make a mistake. There's too many moving parts sure. to sit here and say, we rarely make mistakes. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen what some people might say often. Mm -hmm. The biggest question or the biggest you know, kind of response is, is to me to that is, how do you react to that? You know, what is your response, Dan, when something doesn't go right that we have clearly made a mistake on? It's one thing I've always said to clients is, look, I know Dan and Douglas well. I've known you personally. 15 plus years. Yeah, 15, 20 years. Uh, I've always said that Dan is never a guy that is not concerned with what went wrong, doesn't care, uh, you know, hush, we're going to fix that. Let's just keep moving. That is the polar opposite of who you are. Um, you guys are always going to make it right. If we wronged you, it's going to be made right. Um, you, you know, of course, within within the scope of what we did. And, and um, there are principles. There are you know, yes. right is right, right is wrong. That's Sometimes right. To our detriment, we've you know given more than we should. But yeah, you know, it's not worth. You know, if an owner is really so upset, so it's just kind of a, a play that out a little bit. Yeah. So upset about this fifty-five dollar yard cut because they thought we cut it too soon when it's vacant. Is it really worth? argument for two hours or two days back and forth no versus this owner really doesn't think does that make sense like so um it's just not worth it no. you know, life's too short i think we're, we're on this earth for you know a short period of time and yeah let's make the most of it and enjoy it and yeah you know, like and again that's why like even our contract we try to give people an out like if we're not good partners you know that's okay I do that with listings. Yeah, same thing with listings. If we don't, if I can't sell it, and they're they're coming to me and they're they're banging my head in, and Dean, you're not doing it. You know, just I want out. I want out. Right. I, okay. Uh, last thing I want you doing is going around telling hostage. everybody around town, right. telling everybody that Dean's holding me hostage. It's fine. If I can't do it, move on to the next person. I'm, I'll even entertain signing uh, shorter term listing agreements. I, I'm fine. I you know, if I'm not your guy, then I'm not your guy. Sure. And uh, you know, but I try to make it right if I can. And and I, I've always said that about you guys. And, I know that's something I wanted to make sure that we got out is um, no property manager never makes mistakes. The question is, is how do they react on the back end of that? And that's not, that's life really is, you know, not necessarily just property management, that's life in general. So, um, okay, yeah, great, great topic today. Uh, top questions investors ask property managers. We're gonna post it on the, the show's Facebook page here when we're done. Uh, this was basically an interview for Dan today, so I'm, I appreciate you and your uh, yeah your information uh, that you're giving to us. If you guys, if you have any questions, Brian, we appreciate your question today. But if anybody else has any questions, shoot me an email, dean at crestcore.com. If you'd like to talk with Dan, it's dan at crestcore.com. Um, anything else we can do, any other topics you guys are interested in hearing, um, email in to us, let us know. Also, you can go to the shows or my brokerage website, www.crestcorerealty.com. You can see all of our homes that are listed for sale, all of the uh, uh, 
uh, investment deals. We've got some residential deals on there, multifamily, everything we put on that website, www.crestcorerealty.com. Anything else? You good? Good. Thanks. Okay, guys, we'll see you next week. We're glad we finally got the tech part of this down. So uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you.